If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast, sponsored by the KC Beer Co. I am your host, Matt Verderam. Patrick Allen, slacker that he is, is coming back from California today. He stayed out in Los Angeles for a few extra days on vacation with his wife. Good for him. I, however, am here and ready to talk for about the next half hour, so I'm going to ride solo. We'll hit on some things. Look, obviously... If you're a Chiefs fan, you're pretty plugged into what's going on right now. The Eric Bieniemy situation is something that we're going to have to talk about. I feel like I've been talking about it for 24 hours now. I will get into all that. Uh, and then a little bit on a few Chiefs free agency targets to watch. Um, you know, maybe some guys I think that they they could be going after. Um, and, and look, we'll, we'll report on all that more as we get closer to free agency. But just kind of a primer. Just, just a few names I think make sense for the Chiefs. Um, and we will roll from there. But first things first, and an important first things first, we are sponsored by the Kansas City Beer Company. We dare to beer different. And look, this is the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City, the only local brewery in KC to focus on German beer style. So we offer unique locally brewed beer that adds to the diversity of beer selections for any occasion. Of course, KC Beer Co. sells through Kansas and Western and Northern Mizzou. Look, they only use four ingredients. And that's what that's one of the biggest secrets to why the beer is so great. Malt, hops, water, and yeast. Old school German beer. I've said it a million times. Look, I love a lot of the different flavors they offer. The pills might be my favorite. The Hefeweizen right up at the top on down the line. Some great beer. Check out the Kansas City Beer Company. Okay. Now let's get in. I say I need a beer. Yeah. Yeah. I also need a beer, David. Um, Let's get into what's been a really interesting 24 hours in Kansas City. So if you don't have Twitter, I'll catch up on this. If you do have Twitter, bear with me. I'm just going to run through it real quick. So last night, Wednesday night, um, Crap hit the fan, at least in terms of stoking flames, right? So there is, uh, or there was, it's now been deleted, a, a post on that was hosted on Medium.com by the Chiefs Kingdom Editorial Board, which are uh, a, a few different people who work together and have been together for a while, anonymous as far as I can tell, who yesterday published a piece, uh, a lengthy piece, about a 10-minute read, regarding some alleged reported dysfunction between Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes. The piece, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, of course, but the piece basically read saying that, 
Look, Bienemy wields a lot of power at Arrowhead, that it was in his contract, that he had the ability to call plays, uh, he had the right to call plays, I think is the more accurate term to use. And so, you know, he, in this piece, it was kind of painted as he was largely responsible for some of the failings that the offense had this year. Obviously, early in the year, they were inconsistent. And then in the AFC title game, the second half, it was a disaster. They only scored three points in the second half in overtime. And so the piece kind of went in and detailed some things about whether or not, uh, you know, Bienemy and Mahomes had a blow up at halftime, whether or not Andy Reid throughout the course of the season had told NBC at one point not to uh, give as much camera time to the sideline that, you know, to, to keep away from any kind of um, conflict with Bienemy. Look, I. I could run down a whole lot. There was another part of it where there was a, an alleged conversation during the AFC title game where, where Mike Kafka, who's now the Giants defense coordinator, was the Chiefs quarterback coach, where Kafka, Biennemi, and Reed were all on the headset talking to Mahomes during the AFC title game. The, the, the author of the piece couldn't specify when that happened, but said it, it did happen and laid out word for word the conversation supposedly took place. Look, I, I will I will start there. Okay. So yesterday, after that came out, my initial feeling was I'm not going to comment on it because I've reached out to sources close to the team who I know would be unassailable in this regard. I've heard nothing back. And I think a big reason I've heard nothing back is first of all, you don't want to talk about another man's business. Okay. We're going to find out sooner rather than later whether Eric Bannemi is returning for another season with the Chiefs or if he's going to take the year off, he's going to go somewhere else. That's to be determined. Okay. I don't know how that's going to shake. I find it interesting that they're having a meeting and it's it's dragged on so long to kind of figure this out. You know, it makes me kind of think that he's not coming back, but that could change. That could I mean, look, in the end, they could have a good meeting and all of a sudden everything could be fine, right? So we'll wait and see. We don't know whether he's coming back or not. And anybody who says otherwise, I think is, is speculating more than anything else. But yesterday, in the wake of this this post, I had a lot of people reach out to me, um, you know, fans who say, hey, look, we like your opinion. What, what are your thoughts? What are your comments? And so I decided to do a spaces on Twitter with Sterling Holmes, of course, our, our great co-host here. And the thought was, look, we're going to go on for 20 minutes. We're going to react to some of the accusations in there, some of the allegations from a piece that were, for, that allegedly was very sourced out. Now, whether or not the Chiefs Kingdom editorial board has sources, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and pontificate on that. They, they may, they may not. I don't know. That's not my job to sit there and, and figure that out. My job, however, is to read it and have an opinion that is hopefully educated to discuss. My personal feelings, as I relayed yesterday on the spaces, where I, I thought the piece, look, it touched on some stuff that's been publicly out there, which specifically would be that, yeah, they had a couple arguments on the sideline. Everybody could see that on television. Being in Los Angeles, I could tell you, yeah, there was some talk just in, in league circles as to rumors, whether or not there had been a blow up in the AFC title game at halftime, unsubstantiated stuff, stuff that, you know, did it happen? Did it not happen? It's tough to say, okay? Nobody from the Chiefs is going to come out and go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a big argument during halftime. I I could certainly see that there there being a, a a very strong disagreement and a discussion about the last play of that first half. That doesn't mean that it took ten minutes and it was a screaming match and nothing got done during halftime. Like I think th those can be two separate things. So in the end, did that piece have some things that I I could see as believable? Sure, sure. I mean, people disagree and argue and yell at each other all the time in the NFL. That that's normal. That happens everywhere. That doesn't mean it's dysfunctional and it's chaotic and it's bad. Sometimes it'd be healthy. I did, however, think there were some holes in the piece, some significant holes. And Sterling and I talked about those for about 20 to 25 minutes. I think it was about 25 minutes. And then the the author of the piece requested to come on our show 
Um, you know, just, just joined the space, requested to be able to talk. I gave him that latitude. It was my space. It was my decision. He came on and we asked him, I think about eight, eight questions, nine questions between us. I thought some of his answers were fair enough reasonable. I thought some of them were a little bit dodgy, to be totally honest. And then today, the piece gets deleted. Look, they put out a, a, you know, if you want to call it a statement as to why. But the bottom line is, if you're deleting the piece, you're not standing by your reporting. And if they're not standing by the reporting, then there's no reason for anybody else to either. As I said, I think Sterling and I, and I don't want to speak for Sterling, but if you listen to the spaces, we were both a little bit skeptical, a lot skeptical in some regard. I I, I find it very hard to believe Eric Bieniemy had any ability, any ability to supersede Andy Reid in any way, shape, or form at one Arrowhead drive. I, the only person more powerful than Andy Reid at Arrowhead Stadium is Clark Hunt. That is it. So the idea that Andy did not have the ability to change play calls or, or make play calls, that's, uh, that's not true. Um, and in the spaces, the author said, well, Andy has 51% control. Well, if that's the case, then how does EB have it in his contract that he can call plays, right? Something doesn't jive with that. I also have a really hard time believing the whole on-the-field conversation with the Bengals game. I you're going to tell him, first of all, Mahomes doesn't have a mouthpiece. And then it was relayed to us in that conversation. Well, they could hear him on the field. That's a, that's a stretch for me. You're going to tell me in that moment that that whole conversation was understood and relayed. And how are you going to source that out? That is, that feels like a little bit of a dot connecting at best. So listen, I'm not going to sit here and take shots at the guy. I, I don't know him. Uh, we gave him a, a, basically an interview to try to explain the piece and contextualize it. My feeling on all this with the enemy, look, I don't know if he's going to be back or not. I think if he's not back, it's a loss. It's a significant one. Now, are they going to become Jacksonville? No. Andy Reid's offense is Andy Reid's offense, and they're going to be able to operate and adjust, and I, I don't doubt that. But I do think it's fair to say Eric Bieniemy, while he's not in charge of the offense, I mean, that ultimately is Reid, he has a big influence on the offense. Like People who think he's just a figurehead, they're nuts. Andy Reid runs the show in Kansas City. But Eric Bieniemy has a very, very, very important role in that offense in what they do. He's very influential. And I'll tell you another thing. He's done a damn good job. Okay? Don't be the prisoner of the moment who looks at the second half of one game since they scored three points. Yeah. They scored 42 the week prior and the week prior to that. They were pretty damn good. They were averaging well over 30 points down the stretch when they were killing teams left and right. So this idea that offensively Eric Bieniemy was holding them back is nonsense. And look, I'm not going to get into all the why he doesn't have a head coaching job. Okay, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of people who will toss out ideas. I will tell you this. I firmly believe Eric Bieniemy should have been given the opportunity to be a head coach. That man's interviewed with 14 different teams and not come away with a job. And there are people in the meantime, like Urban Meyer and Joe Judge, who have gotten jobs. You can say Urban Meyer qualified at college. Fair enough. Urban Meyer was a disaster. And most people in the league thought that he was a disaster the second he got hired. Okay. Eric Bieniemy has earned the right, I believe, to have a head coaching opportunity. Now, these teams also have the right to hire who they want to hire. I understand that. But I think I think he'd be, the last couple of weeks since the season ended, he's gotten a, a really unfair shake. You want to blame anybody? You, you want to blame anybody in this to me? Look, Mahomes didn't play well in the second half and overtime. He'd be the first to tell you that, I'm sure. Andy Reid runs the offense. And while Bieniemy has a ton of influence, it's ultimately Andy Reid's call. If Andy Reid goes up to Eric Bieniemy and says, I want you to run the ball more on this drive, or I want you to throw, get, get Tyree Kill involved in this first drive of overtime, they're going to do that. They, you think Eric Bieniemy is going to turn around and go, no, no, we're, we're going to throw the ball to Marcus Kemp? They're not going to do that. Andy Reid is Eric Bieniemy's boss. He's in charge. So like he's Steve Spagnuolo's boss. So I don't, look, will the Chiefs survive if, if EB walks or if they move on? Yes. 
they will. They, they still have a ton of talent, and, and Reed is still there, and the, and the offense will stay intact. But he matters. He matters. And I, I think sometimes that's gotten lost here this this time. And, and I, I think, look, everybody, you know, I see Mighty Sphinx saying, and it's a fair enough comment, hey, I wouldn't mind if EB walks. We stalled too, way too many times. This isn't the first time we turned the gas off after jumping up big. Mighty, I would ask you this, though. Was that not a common thread before the enemy became the offensive coordinator? That was a common thread when Nagy was EOC, at times when Peterson was EOC. Who's been the common thread there throughout all that? Andy Reid. Andy Reid's been the common threat. And like Andy Reid is going to walk into Canton and rightfully so. But let's be honest, they have been perplexing at times offensively. They have been. There's no, there's no two ways about that. Now, we'll see how they go from here. They might bring the enemy back. And frankly, I I honestly, I think that's probably the right decision. If they don't do it, I'm not going to crush them for it. Sometimes, sometimes situations arise. Maybe EB needs a break. Maybe he's burnt out. Maybe the Chiefs feel like they just need a different voice. You know, who know who knows? That's all speculation. But we're going to find out sooner rather than later because the Chiefs are going to have to make a decision. And Eric Benning is going to have to make a decision very soon. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke, hey man, thank you so much for the super chat. What is the likelihood or odds that Matt Nagy returns to KC as the offensive coordinator? If Biennemi leaves, I mean, you think he's on the short list, right? If you're Matt Nagy, that's a home run of an opportunity. You go back there. As far as I know, left on good terms. Look, you go back there and all of a sudden, you you have a year where you know you have the best offense in the NFL or one of the top three offenses in the NFL. You kind of get the Dan Quinn treatment, right? You rehab your image. Maybe you get a couple opportunities to interview. I'm sure for him that would be the easiest job in the world to take. And if you're the Chiefs, yeah, look, Nagy worked with Mahomes his rookie year. Of course, he knows Tyree Kill. He knows Travis Kelsey. I would definitely think there'd be a strong consideration there. And and by the way, Nate says in the chat, it, you know, check out the way players have come out and stood up for EB. I, hey, man, absolutely. I will tell you this. In all the years that I've talked to people in and around that building, players, other sources as well, okay, I've literally never heard one person speak ill of the guy, ever, ever. Like, doesn't mean that you couldn't find somebody who would. I'm sure if you pulled 100 people at fan side, you'd find some people who hate me. That's that's fine. In fact, you'd probably find a ton of people who hate me. But I do think, realistically speaking, he is very, very well-liked in that organization. And so, and I think, by the way, I think that's, that's why when I've reached out to sources about this, it's been very quiet. People don't want to speak on his name while he's trying to figure out his future out of respect. You know, because let me tell you something, the NFL, if, if people wanted him out, if there was a strong, like if the Chiefs really wanted him out, he'd be out already. He'd be out. Okay. Th- th- there wouldn't be a meeting. There wouldn't be a be out. So that's where I'm at. Zach says Liam Cohen would, would be my choice. I'll tell you what, you know what? And I, I don't mind saying this because I've, I've gone on record with it a few times. I've gotten to know Liam a little bit. He's the offensive coordinator at the University of Kentucky. He worked with the Rams and they went to the Super Bowl uh, against the Patriots. Liam Cohen is a very smart guy and he is very, very well thought of in NFL circles. He will be in the NFL sooner rather than later. It's a nice job at Kentucky. Um, and really, I'll tell you, what, just from personal, he's a hell of a nice guy. Like, not that you hire him because he's a nice guy, but just somebody I think would, would certainly get a lot of respect right away. Okay, so 15 minutes on the EB situation. I think we're, I, I think, I think we're, we're good there. Um, and if you haven't listened to the spaces and you want to, I record it. It's on my Twitter account. You can check it out. All right, let's get to the other part of this. The Chiefs offseason. So we're sitting here. It is February 17th. We are less than four weeks away from the legal tampering period beginning. And by the way, we are five days away, February 22nd, from the franchise tag window opening. Okay. It runs from February 22nd to March 8th. You can transition tag or franchise tag a guy. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. But look, if the Chiefs are going to use a tag, it's on one guy. 
So on Orlando Brown. Okay, they're not going to tag Matthew because it would cost $22 million. And they're not paying Tyron Matthew $22 million. They tag Brown, it's about 16 and a half. That is the way they will go if they have to use a tag. Now, I'm sure the Chiefs would prefer to sign Orlando Brown without having to tag him because if they do, even if that contract's 20 to $22 million a year, which is where I think it'll come in, look, that is a situation where if you sign him, let's say it's five years, $105 million. Okay, that first year cap, it's going to be like six, seven million bucks. Well, that's a hell of a lot cheaper than a $16.5 million tag, right? Makes all the sense in the world to get him signed. So that that's one thing. I don't, nobody else is in play for the tag. It's, it's Brown or it's nobody for the Chiefs. Look, Gonzo's asking, I'm hearing something about a guy named Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley right now, it's impossible to say. I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't know what's going to happen because, look, does he go back to the Falcons? Does he not? He left them a little bit before midseason last year knowing that uh, he had to walk away for some mental health issues, some some reasons. You respect that. Um, is he going to come back and play this upcoming season? Mum's been the word to this point. Now, he is entering his fifth year, okay? If you, if he does not want to be with the Falcons going forward, he communicates that to Arthur Blank and to Terry Font and other general manager, then the Falcons are going to have to make a move here. You're not going to lose him for a third-round compensatory pick. However, I've seen people float out the teams are going to have to give a first-round pick. There, there's no way. Nobody's giving up a first-round pick for Calvin Ridley. First of all, he's coming off a year where he, he did he did have to step away, and I commend him for it, but he had to step away. Okay, GMs are going to care about that. And also, look, let's be real. Whoever get, trades for him is going to have to give him a big contract, okay? So you do that. Like, no, whoever it is, let's just say it was the Chiefs. And the Chiefs say, hey, all right, we'll give you a pick. Well, the Chiefs are also going to have to fork over, you know, what, a four-year, $60 million deal, whatever the case may be. Like, they're not going to give up a first and that. Maybe it's a second, you know, because the Chiefs, it's a real late second. But maybe it's that. It's not going to be a first. No way. I'll give you a couple names to watch that I think are – Interesting names. And look, I'm going to the combine here in a week and a half. I will do my free agency digging then. I always do. Um, and until then, I feel like everything really is speculation. Unless you just get a hammer down uh, report from an agent or something you run with. But look, I think I think one name to watch here is Chris Godwin. Godwin makes a lot of sense. He's versatile. You can play him at a variety of different places on the on the field. You can play him at, at different wide receiver spots. He's a really good blocker. Okay, he's young. I know he's coming off the, the ACL. I get it. The guy played 14 games and had 1,100 yards and 98 catches. Like he can play. He can play. He's a damn good player. All right. If if you are the Chiefs and and they say, look, four and 70. Gotta at least think about it, right? Especially if it's only like the first two years are guaranteed, and then it's kind of a couple of options. You gotta think about it. You know, if it's four and seventy with like thirty some odd million guaranteed, gotta think about that. I think you'd be a great fit for them, and I believe they're going to go after another weapon. Like last year, they did not strike out for a lack of trying. They went after Josh Reynolds. They didn't get him. They went after Juju Smith-Schuster, who brings me to my second option here. They offered, per my source, they offered more money than Pittsburgh. He went back to Pittsburgh. Okay. I would be very surprised if he goes back to the Steelers again. I think I think it's probably a move on situation. And listen, Smith Schuster is another guy. He's a young guy coming off of his of his, you know, well, not his rookie deal. He's coming off of a, a one year deal after his rookie deal, but he's still very young. Um, when he had a, a number one receiver cross him, man, Antonio Brown, he was devastating, man. He was an excellent, excellent football player. And then listen. He lost his number one weapon alongside of him. And we've all seen what Ben Roethlisberger's looked like the last couple of years. But let me tell you. So in 2018, he made the Pro Bowl. He had 111 catches for 1,426 yards, seven touchdowns. In 2020, uh, 2019, he played with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Okay. In 2020, he played 16 games for the whole year. He had 97 catches, but only 831 yards because everything was short because, well, because of Ben Roethlisberger. Nine touchdowns. Now, he is not going to cost anywhere near what these other guys cost. 
He's not. He's not going to cost what Godwin costs. He's not going to cost what Allen Robinson costs. Okay. And Devontae Adams, forget it. Forget it. He's getting, he's not leaving Green Bay. Okay. So if you want to, if you're Brett Beach and you'd want to go a cheaper route, the answer here is, is to me, Juju Smith Schuster. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Last year he got one and eight. Is he getting more than that? Just had 129 yards. He missed almost the whole year. I mean, he's a cheap option. However, here's the funny thing about this. So if I said to you, Juju Smith-Schuster, one year, $8 million, or Chris Godwin, four years, $70 million, what's an easier financial hit to take? You, I think immediately, so well, well, of course, Smith-Schuster. It's actually Godwin because you can spread the money out. If Godwin signs four years, $70 million, Okay, that's what. That's how many. It's what? It's uh, $17.5 million a year. Okay. You probably are paying four, four and a half on that first cap hit who cares you don't worry about it and, and guys let me tell you something the cap is everybody in the nfl or at least most people in the nfl i speak to expect the cap to explode over the next year or two because of streaming money with amazon getting involved in the rights with tv money exploding with new tv deals okay and on top of that gambling money the cap's gonna go nuts the cap's gonna go nuts so if you can fit everybody under this year you're not worried about future years you're just not the chiefs the, the contract with Mahomes, they have so much flexibility in it you know they can extend tyreek hill if the chiefs want this offseason they get a 50 million dollars in cap space easy easy because if you look if they if they decide not to cut clark but to restructure him they'd still save about nine million bucks Mahomes, if they if they convert some of that money and they push it down the road it's 22 million dollars they cut Hitchens. That's eight million dollars. They extend Hill. It's probably about fifteen million dollars. You do the math on that. That's that's fifty-four million dollars. And if they sign Orlando Brown long term, that's another okay. Maybe it's six off the top. You factor in a draft class, or you got forty-five million dollars. I mean, it, look. One thing about the Chiefs under Brett Veach, they are aggressive. They believe in going after stars, and I think that's what they will do this offseason. I expect them to go after one or two guys who make a big, big impact. Look at last offseason. They they signed Joe Tooney, and I can tell you for a fact. They were still desperately trying to sign Trent Williams. They were not shying away at all, at all. They wanted them both. Uh, that, that thing went into the night, deep into the night and into the following morning. The Chiefs can absolutely open up space. And if they do, and I think they will, by the way, um, you know, with at least some of those mechanisms, if not all of them, the Chiefs are going to have the ability to go nuts in free agency. And I expect that they will try to go after edge. I think corners in play, depending on what goes on with Traverius Ward. And then receiver, yeah, I think they're going to try to add somebody. Another guy to watch is Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson has played with nonsense his whole damn career. Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, all these guys, Trubisky, awful. If you're him and the Chiefs call up and say, hey, man, three years and $48 million. It's not a bad offer. It's not bad. He's still in his 20s. He's still a young guy. He's still a hell of a player. I still think Kansas City is going to be very involved in looking at some of these guys and seeing, okay, who makes sense? And I and I look again. I will dig on this. I will try to find out a lot more and be and be specific and find. Hey, yeah, I think you know I've heard the Chiefs have interest in this guy and this guy and not this guy. That'll come when I go to the combine. At least I hope it'll come during the combine. But I'm just throwing out some names. Just knowing the way the Chiefs operate, knowing the way they think, I think those guys make sense for them. Veach is a big game hunter. That's how he operates. You go look at their free agency. Go look at the trades they've made. They don't believe in going out and getting the eighth best guy to position in a free agent market. They don't. They believe in getting the best guy. They believe in spending the money. And I'll tell you right now, Brant Tillis is the MVP of that front office alongside Beach because the guy is a wizard with the cap. He's a wizard with the cap. They will figure out how to do this. Um, so I, I look at Robinson. I look at Godwin. I look at Smith-Schuster. It's three guys, I believe, are all interesting. And I think Godwin is going to cost the most. Robinson would cost the second most. And then I and I think after that it'd be Smith Schuster for sure, who would be the the, the third one.
All right, a couple guys to watch defensively here before we get out of here. It's an abbreviated show because uh, Patrick is not here. And because uh, my daughter's going to learn how to ice skate right after this. So I've got to make sure I get the queen over there. All right, defensively, uh, old friend alert, Emmanuel Ogba. I'm curious if there's a uh, reunion. Look, last couple of years, Miami's done a hell of a job. Both years, he's had nine sacks. He's still young. He's done a nice job. He knows the defense, played under Spagnuolo. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if, if Ogba makes sense for the Chiefs here to come back. Even if they were to keep Clark on a restructure, they still have to go out and get better edge help. Even if they keep him and sign Melvin Ingram back, you still they should they should be beefing the hell out of that out of that that D line, right? That 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 should be beefed up to the hill. You're gonna lose Jerron Reed. We'll see what happens with Naughty. You got Wharton. I think you're okay at D tackle with Chris Jones and Wharton. I do, right? And if Naughty comes back and look, that Naughty's not gonna cost him a ton. You got to go out and get a pass rush. The the fact that they were 30th in the NFL in sacks and they're leading as much as they are is a disgrace. You can't have that. And I can tell you, if you watch Veach's presser after the season, he specifically talked about, we got to get better up front on the D-line. Like they, That's going to be an area where they're going to target. And if you look at the guys who are available, Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Ogba. Trade target if he's out there. Now, you know, whether or not he's out there, I don't know. But just somebody I'm just throwing out a name to you know, Demarcus Lawrence. He's expensive. Really expensive, but he's a hell of a player. I think if you're the Chiefs, you got to walk away with somebody that can that can help you on the edge. And by the way, it's a very deep edge class. I can see the Chiefs using their first round pick on an edge guy as well. I wouldn't hate to see them bring back Ingram on a one year deal, restructure Clark because look, you're paying him 13 million anyway. You know, if you if if he counts 13 against your cap, no matter what, you might as well let him count 15 against your cap and just have him for what essentially is two million. Okay, but we'll see. They might just cut him. It depends if they can strike a deal. But I'm looking at, even if you bring back Clark and Ingram, okay, you got Dan, I'm letting Oak 4 walk. I'm still drafting an edge rusher in the first round because Ingram's not for long. And I'd still go out and try to get a guy like Emmanuel Agba. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm almost trying to field two full defensive lines. And Nate, that's a good point, Zadari Smith. Yes, he, he is very, very likely going to get cut in Green Bay. He'd be a great fit for the Chiefs. He'd be a hell of a, he's a phenomenal player. Very good call. Very good call. Um. Those are some guys I'm watching. I'll leave you with this. I don't know if the Chiefs are going to spend big at corner because I could see them bringing back Ward and feeling pretty good about Ward, Sneed, and Fenton. And I, and I would agree with them, by the way. If they decide to go either without Ward moving forward or if they say, you know what, we like Fenton to be our fourth corner, we want to go heavy on corner and move Sneed back inside where he's a good blitzer, this would be a home run swing. But again, this is a front office that loves home run swings. J.C. Jackson. And I'll tell you right now, he's going to cost money. He's going to cost a lot of money. But he's a great player. And he's a number one shutdown level corner. And if he gets out of New England, and I don't know that he does, but if he does, that's kind of like a dark horse guy to look at. Now, do I think the Chiefs will go that route? No. But I I would I would not rule out them swinging big defensively. And I don't know that Ogba is a big defensive swing from a financial standpoint. I don't know that that you know anybody else, even even a guy like Von Miller, he's so much, you know, he's older. He's still very good, obviously. He's won the Super Bowl, but older. I think it's interesting. I think those are guys worth watching. And again, I'll do my due diligence when I'm in Indianapolis, okay? When I'm up till 3 a.m. at the JW Marriott Bar, um, doing everything I can to get some information. But some stuff to think about. Some stuff to think about. Uh, but I think they go after a weapon in free agency, and we're going to talk more about this. I, I think they I think they look for a weapon. I think that's about it offensively. I think they're fine otherwise. I, I think they should bring back Wiley and move on from there. Defensively, I think they, they really beef up on the edges, especially. Um, and then I think corner is kind of a, of a spot to watch. And of course, listen, depending on what happens with Tyron Matthews, safety. But that that's for another day. We will get there. We have time. All right. 
I have to roll because my daughter is going to try to learn how to skate. Oh, and by the way, real quick, meant to shout this out earlier. Uh, Evan, hey, thank you very much, man, for the uh, for the super chat earlier. Really, uh, really do appreciate it. Everybody leaves super chats. It's so it's so nice, and and it really it does mean a lot to us. I uh, always try to shout out each and every one, and I I, I just I think it's um, it's important to get those. And, and then Ryan, your super chat, man. I'll answer it real quick here. Uh, if Honey Badger does not return, who do you want to replace him? Draft prospect, promote from within, or sign a veteran? I don't think they can promote from within. They don't have anybody. Armani Watts isn't the answer. Dan Sorensen clearly isn't the answer. I I think I think you'd want a veteran. They need a general back there. Which I I'd be honest with you. Look. I think replacing Matthew from a talent standpoint is very hard to do. I think replacing what he does and getting that defense set up is even harder. That guy is a Hall of Fame player. He's going to Canton. He's going to Canton. All decade, bunch of all pros, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl champion. He's going to Canton. And I will tell you this, and I'll leave it at this. I know, you know, look, we've all heard him say over and over and over he wants to be back to the Chiefs. I firmly believe that. I have no reason not to. I can tell you for a fact, inside the four walls at Arrowhead, the Chiefs, love him. They value him immensely. He was just named the team's MVP. Okay, not Mahomes, not Kelsey, not Hill. Tyron Matthew was. And the the the, the real like the, the real truth of it is they love the guy. Now can they come to a contract? We're gonna find out. I think it's probably about $16 million a year. And my guess is, you know, he's probably looking at this wanting about four years. The Chiefs probably be comfortable with like three years. That's just my two cents. But knowing how these things get done, I mean, that's probably where you're at. And I think the Chiefs realize, look, it's going to be 15, 16 million a year. It's just going to be. He just came off a year. He just came off a contract worth 14 million a year. He's not going to take a cut. Why would he? Why would he? Why would he take a cut? The, the, nobody, I mean, in three years, look at what he's accomplished in Kansas City. He's not taking a pay cut. Turns 30 this this spring. But I mean, the guy still is playing at a very high level. And Book Knight, hey, man, I, I appreciate you coming on here. Bro, he's, he's a Hall of Famer, man. Like, he's 100%. He's walking into camp. Go look at all decade teams and go find how many guys aren't in the Hall of Fame. You don't need, you don't need many fingers. You get, you're on that team. You win a Super Bowl. You're a captain. You're, you're a multiple time Pro Bowler and first team All Pro. You're going to camp. Okay. All right. That being said, listen, I think it's, I think it's totally possible he's back, but I do think that's the biggest question of the offseason. Brown's back 100% one way or the other. Honey Badger, still up in the air. It's up in the air for sure. All right, everybody, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for stopping by, checking in on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, supported and sponsored by the Kansas City Beer Company. Make sure you support them when you're thinking about getting a drink. Of course, be responsible about it. I won't do the whole Patrick Allen, go Chiefs thing, because that's his bit. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week. Sterling Holmes, Matt Connor, back on Tuesday.